Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant and I'm hanging out with Em as always. Hey, Shell. Good to see you again. You know, we've seen each other so many times this week. Yeah, but then I think we decided we're going to take a break for a little while. From which each, is not each personal. other. Or, no, we're going to do <laughs> breakfast and not talk that's, about Oh, that's the right. Podcast. We're not going to record. Yeah. So I'm Emily. Good to be back. And I work for Forsyth Recruitment and HR, specializing in recruitment and customer experience. You certainly do. And today we have Jay Bolton. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me along. Well, thanks for having us here in your office. We love it here. I want to work here. I wish I I could. How do do I get a job? Um, So I wish I could describe this place because... It's all. It feels very homely, and it's got a lot of wine, which is which is that know. must that must be why it feels homely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got the gym to my left. It's got the wine to my right, so it feels very at home. But it's a very industrial feeling space. Uh, so credit to you. So let's talk about what you actually do because we're talking really a lot about your office. Yeah, how do we get an office like this? What do you do? <laughs> so Jay, you're the managing director of C Business Solutions, who partner with businesses in the building industry to enable them to be more effective. Tell us a little bit about what does your kind of day-to-day look like? Yeah, cool. So yeah, in short, we develop businesses in the building industry, whether it be marketing, coaching, you know, workflow, insurances, all sorts of different things. And yeah, my day involves a lot of meetings and a lot of coaching and a lot of um, sort of strategy to um, enhance a builder's business. And so, Jay, at some point in your career, you made that transition from being an employee in a business to becoming and starting your own business in C Business Solutions. Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey was like for you? Yeah, sure. So um, I was at a manufacturing business for 11 and a half years, which is a long time. Like my role changed a fair bit, but I hit a point where I was working with builders a lot and, you know, I was strategizing with them in, in my role as an employee. However, they pretty much said, hey, you should do this all the time because, you know, it was really fulfilling for them as in their business, but also I enjoyed it. And um, and I saw the weakness in, in the industry and the amount of builders going broke. So it was a natural transition and I saw value in what I could offer and therefore acted on it pretty quickly. Did you have any idea what you were in for? Because you've just made that transition sound so natural and easy, but I know that that's possibly not the case. Yeah. So I'm somebody that I guess thinks a fair bit about opportunity and recognises value. So they're the, probably the two big things that make it, make it a little bit easier. Um, you know, so I saw that I could offer value. I saw there was an opportunity and pulling those two together just requires effort. So um, applying the effort and doing the background research, but then knowing, I guess the big thing for me is if you've got a bit of a plan, you've got the skills, then the only thing left is the effort. So if we can apply that, then the rest becomes a little bit easier. Are the skills the same or different, would you suggest, going from an employee to a, a business owner? 
Um, so I was probably a little bit lucky. So I should expand on when I say skills. So I was from a sales and marketing background. And so when you come from that background, when you transition into, a, a, say, a business of your own, usually it's revenue is the issue. So when you can bring in revenue pretty easily, um, I think you've probably got a bit of a head start versus somebody who is more operational and doesn't have the sales and marketing skills. So therefore, they're good at what they do. However, people need to know they're good at what they do. So being, being able to communicate that value um, made it easy for me. That's so good what you've just called out there about having that mindset of, I suppose, sales and marketing and being able to generate those leads and that income and revenue. For someone who is operational, so I'm thinking about a couple of people I've talked to recently, they're more operational, they'd love to start their own business, but they're nervous about that lead generation business development side. What would you be encouraging them to do in order to build up that skill set? Yeah, so I probably hold sales, you know, in, in the highest regard, purely because sales can achieve a lot of things and it probably comes with a bad rap. However, sales is more about understanding what's required or people's needs and then you know being able to interpret that and communicate value back the other way. So even at the end of my MBA, when I did that, they said, what would you do differently in the MBA? And I said, I'd add a sales component of this, this course. And um, they didn't really get why, but I said there were so many people way smarter than me, so many people who had such better ideas, however, they couldn't communicate it or sell it. So therefore, they'll they'll never get to implement it. I think that's something we see a lot in business, the, the ability, you've got this technical skill set as an employee and you're kind of just trusted for that because you've got, say, a role title or a position. But one of the things I, I see a lot in, in, in business and in, in employees is the that just this gap of, I suppose it's this communication and communicating with influence. How have you built that skill set up, Jay? Because I know you do a lot of communication uh, in in your marketing and and how you go about that. Is there things that you've done to actually build up the skill set of communication? I was actually terrible, I think, in the beginning. Um, practice, just putting your your face in front of a camera, um, presenting at all times. I was fortunate enough, like in my previous role, that I did have to present a lot. And I remember the first two presentations I did, they were so bad. And I remember people asking questions and I'd deliberately say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, just to give me some thinking time, you know. But um, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then you can ad-lib a little bit and then away you go. So um, practice, just always be willing to put yourself out there and, and have a go. I love that you're like, oh, those first two times I was just terrible, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the third nailed it and it. It's been amazing ever since. <laughs> Far from it. Maybe it was the first two years. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, dear. So out of curiosity, I mean, I'm hearing skills that as an employee, even while you're working for, say, that manufacturing business, you could have been practicing and you arguably were because you're in a sales and marketing role. Um, did you do the side hustle thing for a while? Did you have your eye on the goal and use those opportunities to practice in readiness to pull the pin on being an employee? Or what did the transition moment look like? I get asked a lot, you know, where did my business brain come from or my selling brain, so to speak. But I remember as a kid, I used to draw Ninja Turtles and sell them to other kids. <laughs> I, you know, like I used to, you know, get my mate to grow his fruit and we'd go sell it in the streets. And, you know, and a funny one my sisters were laughing about the other day was I used to get my birthday money and then loan it to them and charge 50 cents interest <laughs> a day. Like, and I don't know where that came from. No one taught me that. I so, love that yeah. uh, you've got your friend to grow the fruit, so it's like labour. You're outsourcing yes. the labour. Yeah, subcontracting. Yeah. 
Even though you're charging your sister's interest, that is really smart. I, for, for people listening, charge your friend's interest. Give them a loan on your birthday money. <laughs> that coffee you just shouted them. <laughs> Tell them that it comes with interest That's when right. they pay that, you back. That, I love that, that even at a young age, you start to see those kinds of skill sets come out. And then I suppose in your career, that trajectory that you went on at, at WeatherTech, where you're uh, in sales and marketing and in that national manager role, but then transitioning into becoming a business owner. I'm curious because even as you're talking all that through and you say oh, it was kind of like a quick decision, but for most people, it's probably not that easy. And, and I know a lot of people weigh up the risks and that can be a real deterrent from starting your own business. What advice would you give to someone who's having to uh, consider all those risks and what would your encouragement be? Yeah, so um, risk is um, you know, one of those things that it's risky if you don't look into much. Like whether you're investing in something, you know, whether you, you, you're going to tackle something that you've just never considered before, the less educated you are, the more risky it, it is you know, perceived. So I think the more you look into it, do your homework, research the market, you know, um, find out who else you're up against and see how much value you can create within your business, um, then it becomes less risky the more research or the more information you have. Um, and also just backing yourself, backing yourself in the skills that you have and, and know that you are good at what you do. Also be humble enough to say that you're not the best at what you do compared to everyone else because otherwise you can be a little bit cocky in that. But I guess the missing component is, you know, okay, have a good plan, have good skills, however, implementation and have the effort and know that you, you've got to put in the hard yards to be able to, to make it work. Was there an area for you that you recognised you were not as strong or there was um, perhaps you needed some support? So I know you've talked to your strengths in and around sales and marketing, but I believe that being a business owner comes with you know the leadership piece the financial piece uh, and so on and so forth what was it for you yeah so the first year is easy because you just but when I say it's easy sorry all your mates just buy what you're selling yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> do, do you know what though that's a good point because a lot of people do go out to their existing network and in the first year, you're like, great, everyone's supporting me, everyone gives me a plug, whatever it may be. But then when that first year disappears, it's like, whoa, all my friends have plugged me enough, they've bought enough, the token purchase or whatever it may be. Then all of a sudden you've got to go, hey, I've got to do this well because now it's not my friends or it's it's not just my network, it's people I don't even know. So how do I get to them? But um, yeah, I think the first year for me was easier also because I was it, you know, I was the only person. It was I had had to build a team of 10. So I just became like a glorified employee, you know, and I ran the business. I had to learn some bookkeeping and built the worst website ever in the beginning, but I just did it. <laughs> but um, then it was year two and year three where you go, hang on a sec, now I've got to employ people. Now I've got to create some processes. Now I've got to mentor. Now I've got to give good briefs. Like it changes massively because you've got to be really conscious of what you want versus just knowing it in your own head. And I can imagine those first three years had some really good wins but also some really tough moments. What were some of those hard learn learnings that you had to kind of work through? So the first year was good f for us. Like, and, and we've been lucky that we've increased year on year, you know, ever since being in business. However, 
what what changes is how you um, sort of enjoy that process. You know, you can make money, but I'm not motivated by money. I'm actually motivated by outcomes and people succeeding and achieving things they never could. So all of a sudden you've got to invest so much into people and some people receive it well and see that you're trying to make a difference and some people just aren't like that. So therefore, you know, they just don't get it. So that's probably a little bit frustrating there as in just knowing that, I'm not just driving my own outcomes. It's now trying to let other people achieve their outcomes. What would you say is the most different thing between being an employee and being self-employed? I think, you know, you control your own destiny, I guess, a little bit and you receive 100% of your successes and failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and failures. Yes, That's an important and point. Failures. Yeah, because there's plenty of fails. However, you learn from those and, you know, therefore it's more fulfilling when you actually learn from that and then achieve something great afterwards. So that's really nice. Uh, I do miss the equal playing field where you can just have a good chat with a fellow colleague, whereas as a, as a boss or an owner of a business, it's just not quite the same because you can't have that sort of heart to heart and just share with that. So, you, you know, you, you do miss out on that, that, that equally yoked sort of conversation. I so get that. We had a um, – David Pitt came on the podcast the other day and said the loneliness of being a leader and, and how you kind of need to – I suppose, proactively get people in your world to counteract that. Have you done things around that? Of like, Is it mentoring for you? Because I guess you don't have that same relationship, equal relationship with the people you employ. What have you done in that space, Jay? Um, I just try to treat my business and the people within it as a family, I guess, a little bit more than just, hey, do this, do that, or that that style of, of operation and it's all about outcomes. Like it is about outcomes, but it's also about you've you've got to live with each other really. And, um, you know, if if I can care about them, I know it'll come back the other way. And, and similar to them, if they can care about each other, then we've got a good environment where people are looking out for each other. So, yeah, I'm a, a big fan of, you know, being able to sort of have the, the the sort of caring conversations as much as you know talk about work as well but um yeah mentors are brilliant so circle of friends and sometimes you just need to vent or share some ideas and sometimes it needs to be external to to work do you think there's a particular type of person that would be more successful uh self-employed or running a business owning a business rather than uh, you know maybe this is around those intangibles but if I'm doing sort of a self-assessment, what sort of things would I be looking out for that would give me that comfort that I could be successful? Yeah, so there's some huge links between sporting people and successful business people and it's not good to do any, anything to do with the sport. It's more got to do with the attitude and the willingness to, to go the extra mile. So Ian Thorpe, he was somebody that trained deliberately in lactate training. So what he meant was, what, what that means is he pretty much went to a pain threshold and trained in that pain threshold all the time. And whoever can hold it the longest will will win. And um, so I see that, that analogy, why sport links to business so well, because Sometimes it's hard and who's willing to go through that tough period the longest or, you know, or even tackle it in the first place will be the one that will succeed. And I, that's kind of like that concept of grit, right? Like that ability to push through um, hard times, difficult things, that pain tolerance. I love that and I love talking about how sport, even what makes a sporting team successful has such a huge parallel to what makes a high-performing team in business, are there things that you look at? So obviously for a business owner, that grit or that uh, ability to cope with pain, but also on your team, what are you looking for in that sense? Like 
for a team player or vibe or um, to build a high-performing team? Yeah, so I actually shared this this morning on LinkedIn um, and I, I share this a lot with our clients and, you know, a lot of them are good individuals and so for ex- people who don't know um, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan, great series on Netflix, watch it for sure. And um, Michael Jordan was one of the best, MVP, year after year, absolutely killed it and um, it wasn't until he got a new coach who taught him how to be a team player that he they started to win championships. So quite often on our own, we're really good at what we do, but we need to be good at what we do in amongst the team and then the team can excel. And the ability to be able to not be in the spotlight and even step back sometimes is a big part of that. I did watch that video and gave it a like this morning, FYI. <laughs> I thought you were saying video is in the Michael Jordan. Oh, no, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, video, Netflix, documentary. I'm getting How confused. How old are you? V- uh, I watched the VHS this morning. And for anyone listening, you don't know what VHS is, just Google it. I, um, I did watch the uh, Netflix series, but I also more recently this morning watched watch the video. video. Jay, yeah, that, it's all making sense now. It's all making sense. Jay, you've talked to Em and I kind of before this episode about this concept of activity creates opportunity. I think this is a really important thing for business owners to understand. Can you unpack it a little bit for us? Yeah, so it's one of my favourite sayings just because an active person, you know, is always having an opportunity come in front of them. So so I speak with a lot of people and, you know, so many opportunities come your way and I'm like, no, it's because when you're active, the more miles you travel, the more things you're exposed to, so therefore more opportunities pop up. And, um, you know, so if you're somebody that sits on your hands all the time, well, you know, life will just pass by and you won't even get to see half of the opportunities versus getting out there and being active. So huge fan of activity. And, um, you know, even when an opportunity does come, be more active and be, you know, create more opportunities and, and it'll always happen. Um, so, yeah, activity does create opportunity. It feels like, uh, so I have this term called career self-reliance, which is all about just owning your uh, I guess, own opportunity creation, really, and just sort of not expecting anyone to hand anything to you on a silver platter. If opportunities come your way from other people reaching out and saying, hey, I think you'd be really great for this or I think this is something you could uh, contribute to, so be it. But it's I, I believe it's only going to come because you've put yourself out there and you've put in the hard yards over time. And I think one of the things we see when we look at like, – successful business owners or successful people in their career, we see the lag measure of their success. So we see they've got, uh, they're financially set up, they've got huge opportunities in terms of promotions, all these different things and their lag measures. And I love what you're talking about of the, the lead measure is all the activity that no one sees that's happening in the background to bring about those opportunities. And I think that's the difference that we want to see that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're chatting to you, Jay. I think you've consistently done that in your career and so something for us to be learning and growing in. And just just on that, like I, I think to expand on it a little bit, you um, impact the world, don't let the world impact you. So I think there's a lot of, I don't call it victims if you like, versus no, just take it on. And during this coronavirus thing going on at the moment, there's no better opportunity to go, well, no, it could significantly impact me versus hey, let's make a difference now and really take it on and you can impact the world. So I think it's more about that attitude towards it and just really thriving in it. So good. Totally agree. We uh, we also have talked, Jay, about this concept of uh, running your career like a business and 
I've been listening to and reading a lot about, well, in particular marketing, but what do businesses do during a recession or during a period where times are tough? And then what happens as far as that business's success after that? And time and time again, the evidence shows that it's the businesses that continue to be active and continue to invest and continue, I mean, it's difficult, but continue to find ways to do things that end up more successful over the longer term. And I think, again, if you apply that same thinking, that business thinking to your own career, it's like, while everyone else is going, oh, I'm panicking, what am I going to do? I think I just want to sit still and that makes me feel safe. If you can be the person that actually goes and finds opportunities and remains really active, then that's not only going to serve you well now, but also as we all emerge into the next phase of the world, whatever that looks like. So we've probably got time for one last question. Jay, from your perspective, we have listeners there considering starting their own business. What do you think is the most important thing that they can do before taking the plunge? Yeah, so um, don't just quit your job straight away and jump straight in and then figure it out. I think you've got a great opportunity to have sort of a stable income you know, use that, you know, to your advantage, you know, that's low risk when you're getting paid, you know, to do your job, which is nice. However, work your backside off in the background. So plenty of late nights, plenty of, you know, weekends and do your homework, you know, do your research, you know, you know, learn what you've got to set up, whether it's your bookkeeping, your websites, your domains, your business registrations, you know, all those sorts of things. So, you know, I think, you know, take advantage of that. I mean, be respectful to your existing employer massively and you just do everything to the best of your ability. But when you decide to or know um, once you're ready to go, do the jump, do it well and, and exit well, finish well, like that's really important. So when you do go into your, your career or your business career, whatever it may be, you're transitioning well and it's endorsed and embraced versus, um, hey, you burn the bridge. So, yeah, I think just exit well and start well. How you exit is so key to how you start that next opportunity. I completely agree. Unsurprisingly, I think we've been agreeing with everything you've been saying. You haven't been able to hear this, but we've been sitting here nodding this whole time. Nodding and smiling and going, yes, Yes, keep keep going. going. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about that transition from employee to business owner. Before we wrap up, how can we find out more about C Business Solutions? Yeah, cool. Just Google uh, C Business Solutions. You know, we'll pop up. So, yes, yeah, check us out on uh, online or on LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's S E E C Business yeah, Solutions. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, Jay, and thanks for letting us kind of crash your office. Hopefully, you can get us to leave. <laughs> I know. Well, not with all that wine sitting there. <laughs> it's been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.